0: Hello, boys and girls, sports fans, and assorted waves and strays. Yes, it's Den again at Diginomica. And it is Wednesday the 30th of January, and you're expecting a daily, but you're not going to get one. Well, at least not right at the moment. Might be a little bit later on today. Instead, what you're going to get is Raven Intel. This is uh, a relatively new um, analyst uh, crew, and what they're into are myth-busting. Yeah, okay, And on this occasion... They're, they're publishing, what is it, HR implementation myths and facts and so That's on. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And so on the line, I've got uh, Bonnie and Michelle who are leading the charge on this. Ladies, what's up? What's happening? Oh.
1: Well, uh, thanks so much. Um, we're excited to talk a little bit about a report that we have coming out this week where we are um, debunking or confirming some HR implementation myths. And what we really wanted to explore was this concept of our HR customers or HCM customers getting what they expected during implementation. Uh, we run a site called Raven Intel peer review site, so we have lots of data around implementations that are led by consulting partners. And um, so we look at big popular myths um, with HR implementation, and we either confirm or debunk them. And um, ultimately, what we want to do by creating more transparency in our industry is to help improve the implementation process of them. Let's just say there's lots of room for improvement.
0: Okay, so in, 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 in large enterprise implementations of any kind, any projects, uh, w- we can confidently expect that a good number of them will fail, right? Um, and we know that based on many, many years' history. Is there anything specific about the HR um, landscape that makes it particularly susceptible to failure or um, susceptible to people being um, less than impressed with what they get?
1: Jen um, I mean I think I think one of the go ahead yeah I think you know is it is, is it relates to the the HCM implementation I don't think that there's you know any difference between implementations with you know other aspects of the you know the, the ERP suite um, and we see a lot of variability in the success
0: uh, right
1: as well as yeah.
0: Right. Okay. I,
1: I would. I would add, though, that um, I think that people believe that someone who can uh, implement some other module or do some other IT project is as equally uh, qualified to do an HR project. But HR projects have a lot of complexity and um, regulatory. Things to, to keep to keep private and so forth that some uh, implementers uh, just aren't uh, experienced with, and so in a sense there there are some you know it does it's not an easy translation from some other kind of project to an art, an HR project.
0: Okay. So one of the myths that you've got here is, is that the bigger the SI, the, the better a project will be. <laughs> and, and the answer to that I know is going to be no, but uh, ex- explain why that is the case. Is this the case of, you know, brand beats everything, therefore we all get dewy-eyed about whoopee-doo, we got name your SI here kind of thing. What, what's the story there? Well,
1: then I do, I do think that there's... Uh... You know, there's there's a saying. You know, no one ever got fired for hiring, you know, X. You know, Global SI who advertises at the airport. You know, because they're seen as safe, reliable, um, and and so forth, and they they have a name that everyone recognizes. Yeah. But wh- what we see is actually that um, satisfaction and. SI firm size is really all over the map. Actually, one of the most statistically significant results in this is that those SIs with over 10,000 employees, so those global SIs, actually produce projects with with lower customer satisfaction. And I think that the reason for that is, uh, as I was mentioning before, maybe you know that firm because they do your taxes or they, you know, do some other kind of it project and they're already in and embedded and maybe they don't have this expertise or maybe they don't feel they have to work that hard because you're already a customer whatever the reason those those projects uh do not get high ratings
0: okay but but the actual underlying reasons are, are not as well known as, as as perhaps we might like i i, I guess at the moment you kind of are you speculating as to what the underlying reasons are i mean i've got my own set of reasons for thinking this but you know again it's it, it tends to be anecdotal a lot of the time doesn't it are there, are there any patterns here at all as 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 it relates to those underlying reasons would you say or or is it not clear at the moment
1: um i'd say with with the- global si's it's fairly clear i mean we okay. we got in several cases you know um with the others and the variability it's, it's not as clear um but it but as i said also like it's all over the place there's not a very good um pattern and so there i think it's just a, a matter of you know some firms have experience and quality and and good processes and and others don't right. and i think i think Reading indicators of project success or failure are, um, you know, is around things like was the project scoped correctly, yeah. was the team the one that was promised from the get-go, and you know we, we always call them the hallmarks of uh, you know failure we can copy' you a, a mile away if a customer is telling us that their project um, you know had multiple changes with the the lead project lead on the project, or they had multiple change orders during the, the implementation, we can pretty much guarantee overall satisfaction is going to be poor. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm engaged in a, a in a project at the moment, and um, it's not HR. It's, it's something else. But what I've said very clearly uh, to my team is, I I actually don't care what you want. We're not having change orders, uh, because I've got to get to the finishing <laughs> line on what I've got, and then we'll worry about change orders. Yeah. And they say, oh well, yeah. you know, will we get the optimal result? I said, absolutely, you'll get the optimal result because it's been scoped. <laughs> now, whether it's been scoped correctly, well, maybe we we're gonna find out about that, right? Um, but certainly at this uh, at this stage, it's like no change orders. Sorry, guys, can't be done. Um, at least that's my perspective anyway. Now, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm going to be proven proven right on that one. But um, presumably what, what you folks would say is try and minimize the, the number of change orders or at least make sure that it's been scoped correctly, even if you don't start the project as quickly as you'd otherwise like. Is that a reasonable assessment? Without
1: question, without question. And one of the big takeaways that we have for customers is, it's actually a basic one, but um, it's one that we see come up on a lot of these reviews, and, and that is if a customer really needs to read the statement of work as yeah. well as have their entire team read it because we've seen in some cases the customer makes assumptions about the scope of the implementation because the software salesperson um really takes the lead during the sales process and the it's almost as if the implementation engagement is sort of just a ride along and so this, in some cases, we heard this, the customer saying, well, our software salesperson actually presented the implementation um, and sold the implementation, you know, quote, unquote, We know, that, that doesn't happen because that's written on the, the partner paper. But in some cases, the customer makes the assumption that, oh, our software salesperson you know, recommended this firm and, and sort of sold it along with the software license engagement or at the same time, so... We made assumptions there, and in those cases, um, those those projects uh, never end well, or the satisfaction um, doesn't is not as high for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and then. this actually addresses uh, exactly addresses one of the one of our other myths. Um, we've got a myth myth change orders come up in every implementation, but on time delivery is more important. And we find that that is not true. We find, in fact, that um, projects that are late but well scoped, late but didn't have change orders, actually customers are happier with that than a project that is on schedule but had many uh, change orders and was chaotic and, and all of that. So it's really um, interesting that customers in the end are happier with a late project than an on-time chaotic project. Yeah. um and that was surprised me um but I I think that that was that's a really interesting finding that comes from the data
0: yeah 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 you you don't actually address this at least I don't think you address this in in the report that I've read anyway but um from what I'm hearing you say now do, do companies take the time to engage with independent consultants who can overlook on some of these um, scoping issues or statement of work issues to the point where at least at the point where you say well okay we're ready to go and sign the contract or whatever the heck and 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 they that uh, that the puts the customer in a position where they really do know what's going on i mean did did that come up at all or is it the case that these you know that in many cases um customers are actually captive to whoever is selling it to them whether it's the software company or the si or whatever did, did you get into that at all we
1: sure did and, and that one um you I know, actually, just before this, Michelle and I were talking about it. Um, there is strong correlation with when a customer feels that they didn't actually select the, uh, the implementation firm um, or they didn't do the due diligence um, or, or run the, the, the partner selection piece and they felt like the partner was assigned to them. That's one very clear correlation that we have with dissatisfaction. When they didn't feel that they vetted that partner themselves,
0: yeah.
1: if they were given that partner, uh, chances are, uh, you know, satisfaction on that a lot lower.
0: Okay. Okay. So the value of having somebody independent having a look at this is is is, is a lot higher, perhaps, than people think. Because, um, you know, very often, I mean, I come across situations where where, where um, the customer is saying, oh, we're going down this particular path, and I, I will turn around and say, well, has anybody actually looked at this independent of, uh, of you guys? No. Why? Well, maybe they'll catch things that you guys haven't seen, or maybe they'll ensure that the, the, the company that you're talking to is actually capable of delivering what they say. Oh, oh, we hadn't thought of that. How much is that going to cost us? I said trust me, the the cost you you're going to forget about the cost very very quickly. Um I mean, is that something that you see as well? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we don't we we don't specifically ask that question but but certainly anecdotally we have seen customers who have engaged someone independent to kind of uh, you walk them through this process yeah. because a lot of folks you know haven't haven't done it before right and so to have um you know a, a coach almost an advisor um who can help them walk through the the process is is valuable right definitely yeah okay. you know, and i think one of the things that we do see is that so much of the energy during these evaluations is put on the software they you know customers do very elaborate rfps measuring every feature and function within you know to, to select the right software for them but then the partner selection becomes an afterthought And, you know, what we believe strongly in and why we founded this company is that the choice of partner and the success of the implementation is equally as important as choosing the right software. And um, so in cases where customers don't go out and really um, make a wise choice um, about about the partner um, and those implementations do not go well, that actually ends up reflecting poorly on
0: yeah, I mean the, the the software vendors are always the ones in the firing line, aren't they? I mean, how many times do we hear, for example, SAP getting dinged in in media because oh, there, there was this project failure or oh, it was that project failure? And oh, by the way, it's SAP. And it's like, yeah, but who was behind it? <laughs> and then you find out that there's an SI involved, and you, I mean, we can we can certainly rank those guys by uh, by the their ability to deliver. That's for sure. I mean, one of the things I I find is that at this, at this This stage of maturity, I mean, we've been looking at HR implementations now for, what, 20, 30 years? I mean, the the big names that we know, surely they've got the software right by now, right? Um, But have the implementation people got themselves sorted out? That's a completely different thing, isn't it? So um, I tend to to not worry so much about the software, and I worry a lot more about the implementation people. But I guess that's, that's what you're finding as well, isn't it?
1: That's right. Well, and that's, that's the whole reason we exist is to um, have ratings, you know, on ravenintel.com. We have um, peer reviews. So people who've gone through projects with different SIs can can go out there and say, Hey, these folks delivered on time, on budget. Um, they they gave us the team they promised, or not. And so you can go out there and on on about twenty different KPIs, um, understand what the track record is, including you know who who does really good work in manufacturing in companies of you know five thousand employees, and you know in these regions of the world, right? So we we have. Um, And I think that that's really important that the SIs have the right uh, comparable experience. And that's one of the things we are trying to do with, with Raven Intel is to give customers that, um, really narrow defined, um, Hey, these are the folks who do good work in exactly what you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. And just creating creating that transparency today. You know, I think the, the world of software consulting, you know, all of the results exist in some black box, you yeah. know, maybe the software vendors evaluate that, you know, in a, in a very private way, um, um, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily benefit customers because they don't know, um, you know, how to make a good decision, um, you know, and, and have the power to do that independently. and.
0: And I think that's what we're looking to change. Okay, now uh, one of my favourites: price is everything. How many how many customers have we come across where they've said, "Oh, it's it's all about price"? Is that well, yeah, but you're going to get what you pay for, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, let's talk about pricing.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we, we ask customers, we ask our reviewers, you know, what were the important criteria, uh, for choosing your SI and we, uh, you know, they say experience, reputation, uh, vendor recommendation, location. And we, of course, we say, you know, was, was price one of those things? So we find that when, Uh, when someone says that price was the only important factor, they, their projects have pretty terrible outcomes. Their customer satisfaction is low. They only get their projects delivered on time, half of the time. Um, and when, and, 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 you know, they, they just are not happy. They've, they've had change orders, all of those things, um, They're all, and their projects are way over budget. Yeah. But then you go to the other extreme, and the folks who said that price was not a, a factor at all, actually don't have stellar results either. The folks who have end up getting the best projects are the ones who say that price was one of the important factors. So typically they're saying that it's Price and experience of the SI, for example, and those are the people who have a lot more customer satisfaction. They have the highest um, on schedule delivery and the highest on budget delivery of those projects. So, so those folks who really have a comprehensive view, um, price being one of them, um, but typically they've got two or three other uh, important criteria as well. Those are the folks who end up who really looked at this holistically, who ends up um, with the best
0: projects. Now, there's an interesting there's an interesting um, element to this that um, I had a discussion with one of the uh, with a representative from one of the global companies recently. You yeah? know, and they were they said that in a number of um, engagements that they go into, they know that price is going to be an important issue. Okay, they know that procurement is going to come ac- along and hammer them. Yeah, they also know that the scope of the projects that they're being given is not really what they expect it to be okay so so very often what they find themselves doing is saying okay we're going to play to the scope that they get they're giving us yeah and because we know that procurement are going to come at us we're going to initially slightly overprice but effectively we're we're mm-hmm. un, un, but effectively we're underpricing and then once the contract is signed guess what day one change orders yeah and and right. and I'm looking at and I'm sort of saying well hang on a minute." how the hell do you expect to have a good outcome with that kind of scenario? And they say, you know what? Some customers, they just will not be told. You know, some customers, you can't tell them that, you know, the, the way in which they're scoping this is incorrect because they don't want to listen. Yeah. Right? And and it's like, well, okay, fine. And uh, are those the ones that are the most price sensitive? Absolutely, they're price sensitive. And it's like, well, how the heck do you expect any project to, to, to work in those circumstances? And yet this seems to happen time and time and time again. I mean... Again, I, I, I guess you're, you're just confirming that, aren't you?
1: Yes, and, and I, think, I think you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a recipe for everyone being unhappy, um, and, and it's a shame that uh, that, that happens at all. But, but definitely, I mean, you know, we for sure, you know, the folks who say that price, 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 that's the only thing that matters, they don't, they don't end up with a good project, they don't end up happy, um, it's really a mess for everybody. Yeah. Or, or the consulting firm knows that, Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're really squeezed on this particular one and, you know, maybe the resources that get assigned to the account are more junior. Um, so it, you know, I, I think there's a lot of factors there, but, um, you know, going with the, the least expensive option. Um, just because they're the least expensive option is uh, again we, we see a, a, a strong correlation between
0: that and, and unhappiness yeah 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 I think I think that um, I mean if it was me I'd, it's like let's get rid of procurement I mean they are just such a pain you know it's, and, and I guess <laughs> and I guess it's because you know what are they measured on how much did we save the company and it's like yeah okay <laughs> Did you really save the company? Look at what happened in the end. <laughs> um,
1: right. That's, that's the problem, right? Is that they're only accountable at the front end, yeah. not not the back end yeah. as well, not on the results side.
0: Yeah. Okay. Another uh, uh, another mm-hmm. another of the myths that you've got. I absolutely love this one. Payroll is hard. Yeah, it is. It's damned hard, right? <laughs> uh, oh Boy.
1: We can confirm. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's
0: mm-hmm. it's, re, it's really it's really funny this because um there's a there's a startup guy that I know and I, he's been very successful yeah and a few months ago he came back to me back and said hey I'm I'm going to do payroll I said really what are you out of your freaking mind or what you know payroll's damned hard <laughs> and he, he said yeah yeah he said it's a it's a hairy problem so I think I'm going to go and try solve it I said, good luck with that one guy <laughs> carry on. Because right. uh, I mean, my my favourite one in my favourite one in Emir is um, you know you start off in the UK because it's kind of like a large territory and it's like and uh, my favourite one though is to say well look I'm, we're based in the UK but um, can, tell me um, can you do Belgian taxes because they're horrendous <laughs> or <laughs> Turkish taxes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those kind of things um, right. go on talk to talk to, I mean I've been talking about this because I mean it's just one of my favourite topics but uh, uh, I guess you guys are finding the same as well yeah
1: yeah absolutely i mean so as you said i mean the the perception out there that it's hard the data backs that up a hundred percent i mean customer satisfaction with payroll projects is the lowest of any uh module yeah. at by a long shot yeah. Um, and, and as you say, it's because there's so much complexity at, at different country level, state level, um, and there's zero margin of error, right? I mean, you cannot be one day late. You cannot have one person's address wrong, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, payroll is hard. And the, the second hardest, um, the place where we see the, the second, uh, least amount of customer satisfaction is with recruiting and um i think you you see that uh talked about in the market as well as, as another pretty thorny area
0: oh yeah. right okay why, why is recruitment such a problem i mean i know brian summer bangs right? on about it but um I, i'm not sure that i understand why
1: <laughs> yeah I, of, in a lot of these cases, um, you know, we were measuring the implementation of a, a product that is, um, you know, personal to the rest of the HCM the suite. And in a lot of cases, that product was chosen because it was, you know, uh, integrated, right, as all part of the the one um, you know, one platform. And um, so recruiting gets the, the product and, you know, Start getting under the covers and implementing it and realizing, oh, hey, this doesn't have the, you know, sort of functionality that, that we thought it, it would or that we would have expected in a, you know, enterprise-grade, you know, recruiting platform. And so, um, you know, that doesn't always fall back on the, the implementer as the, the implementer to be, you know, product issues that, that sort of cloud the judgment there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that our payroll is are the hardest
0: projects i think the recruiting is is right down at the bottom though along with them okay mm-hmm. okay yeah i mean just back on the payroll thing for a moment i mean um uh jared jared keeps going on about this in the sense that he 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 says there is there is far too much by way of what he calls wild west um implementers out there or people out there that are supposedly know about this stuff and when it when the rubber hits the road they really don't know about this stuff and uh
1: yeah i mean sorry go on yeah i i i was just gonna say i mean we we see um you know across these ecosystems for different vendors i mean they're 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 the great ones there are the disastrous ones um and i think part of um, you know, they're, they're projects across the board um, and part of the reason we started Raven Intel was to steer people towards the the implementers that have good track records that aren't, um, you know, at the tail end of that, of that wild west. And so we think that if we give people information about um, projects that, that these firms have actually done, that that's really going to solve the problem and people are going to have um better information to make better decisions and they'll end up with a better project yeah and and we always you know and we, we see a lot of these you know not, not a lot of them but a, a couple of the sIs that are are touting some some really bold messages around rapid deployment or you know these these solutions that um, they're, they're doing a, a great job marketing um, but at the end of the day you know it's like okay so well, we'll what, what customer references do you have to, to prove that you're actually doing this? And, you know, Michelle and I always said we can spot a good consulting firm from a mile away because they're the ones that, you know, you ask them, hey, can we get some reviews from your customers? You know, point us to your customers so we can go talk to them. They're the ones that, you know, automatically go dark, love, 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 you know. And so I think um, you know, what, what our mission is to do is to sort of like that those those messages in the market and prove them with, you know, the, with the real voice of the customer. Hey, I went through it and I can prove that this, you know, consulting firm actually did provide a rapid implementation or whatever it is that they're marketing. But, um, you know, those firms out there that have no references or, or no reviews um, and yet are, are, you know, going market with these bold messages, those are the ones that, you know, we always say, be a little bit worried of them.
0: Be a little bit wary of them. Be incredibly wary of them.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. How about or just steer clear? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: I, I... Don't save at all.
0: Yeah, I had one. I had one recently where um, uh, a vendor was uh, was was marketing at us about uh, a particular uh, a particular solution and um, uh, and named a customer right. And I said, oh, okay. I said, um, how about if we talk to the customer? And they immediately came back and said, well, what questions do you want to ask? And I think and I'm thinking that that's automatically a red flag, right? It's like, what do you think I Definitely. want to ask them? <laughs> and uh, I, so, so I, th- I thought, well, you know, I'm going to keep this pretty simple so it's like you know what was your problem how did you come to the uh, decision that you did and what was the outcome i thought just keep it really simple guess what a customer doesn't want to talk really customer hasn't implemented more likely <laughs> that was how i looked at it anyway uh-huh.
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah right and um
1: yeah exactly
0: and and again, you know, whenever we get so—I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I get marketed at every damn day, and it's just, you know, the vendor says, "Hey, you know, we've done this whoopie doopy doo stuff, and by the way, here are the customers." say, like, oh, can I talk to any of the customers? It's amazing how quickly those conversations come to an abrupt halt, and so you got to wonder, yeah. you, wonder yep. you know, who's who, who's blowing smoke up, who's backside here, you know? <laughs>
1: That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's funny we you know we, we look at lots of go live cakes right that's a that's a big marker of hey we just had an implementation we had a go live cake and even even those projects you know the bill uh, you know a lot of the, the vendors will count the go live cake and you'll see the customer's name on the cake um, but even then you know that doesn't guarantee there's any like you know success so. it's... It's great marketing, yeah. That you have that brand recognition, they just went live. But you know, we'll go the, to the customer and, and try and talk to them about the the implementation itself. And um, the, the the story isn't always as happy as the the cake might 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 appear to be.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean implementation is one thing post go live is a completely different thing altogether isn't it in the sense that yes i got my project done thank you very much and everybody hated it oh dear um, <laughs> uh, I, i'm i'm a great believer in um in in say in in at least assessing what happens after you hit the go button on this stuff because it's amazing how many things uh, come to the surface that you know even in the best implementations you think you know what we should have thought of this or we should have thought of that or whatever the heck i mean i had a conversation recently with booze allen um, about a, an implementation they did, and it was quite surprising just uh, just how much they they themselves said. You know, there were so many things that we we didn't really think about, or that we hadn't had the time to think about, or that as we were going through, we suddenly realised X or Y or what have you have <laughs> you. And I I personally found that quite refreshing in the sense that you know you expect a company with that kind of brand to uh, be all knowing and so on, and yet they were perfectly candid and said actually we didn't. Um, um, I, I mean, is, is that something that, that that customers who are talking to you are prepared to admit to on a on a routine basis, or or do they tend to bite shy of that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, you're you're right. I mean, it, it is it's it's refreshing if an SI can say. Um, hey, we, you know, something came up or we weren't sure about this. I think that communication, candor, transparency during that project makes everybody feel better about it. And in the end, you're going to have a better project if there's some real openness and communication. There's no there's no question about that. Mm, okay. and, you know, and I think that that, you know, kind of at all levels of the project, Right. We, we we talk to multiple people within a project, so you know sometimes we'll get the review from a of the executive sponsor executive sponsor. Sometimes it'll be uh, the project lead, and even the satisfaction scores that we get between those two roles in the organization can be different. I mean, typically we see executive sponsors rate a project higher than the actual, you know, folks working day to day on the project. So, um, you know, and and over time, customer feelings change as well, right? You know, as you said before, they get to the um, you yeah, at, at least initial sort of finish line. Um, and, you know, they have one uh, perception about the project and then that sort of changes six months later when they're doing an add on sort of module or, or something like that. So, um, you know, what, what we're finding is, is it's, it's almost fluid, right? And it's, and it's, you can ask two different people within the organization about what they thought about the project and um, they're going to have, You know, two different perspectives, and I think that's important for customers as they, you know, look at the references to make sure that you're you're talking to multiple people within the organization. Because executive sponsors don't necessarily have to deal with the day-to-day issues um, of a of a project as much as like the project lead would, and so you're going to hear two different things. Executive sponsor happier a lot of times than the project lead.
0: Okay. So we've... You've you've busted a lot of myths and confirmed a, a number of things that we we kind of intuitively know. What would you say are the top two three recommendations that that buyers should be taking away from this? At the end of the day, what is it that they've absolutely got to prioritize in your in your view, based on what you're seeing so far? Yeah,
1: so I, I, I think um, you know number one to uh, to look at multiple factors when selecting a partner, not just um, you know, rely on sort of what you knew or uh, the recommendation of your software vendor. It really is important to look at um, the strength of the partner by you know their specialty as well as the uh, experience uh, via the voice of the customer. So who are their references? What proof do they have that they have done the type of work that you're looking for? Um, I think, you know, making that choice independently, and feeling confident
0: about Damn. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID... Followed by hash. Hello, hello, hello. Hey ladies, anybody there? God, that was a, such a flaming pain in the back. So I honestly don't know why that's happened because, you know, it's a damn paid for account and they keep doing this. It's a bloody nuisance. Oh, um, uh,
1: you know, we've, we've had that when we first started using um, the platform where it was cut off after about, you know, 40, 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, ugh. I'm
0: sorry. That's a pain. It it is. Anyway, look. Let's let's just. I can I can edit this. Don't worry about that. Um, okay. But I do okay. have a hard stop in, a, in in just a few minutes. So I've got to get out the door. Um, let me just yeah. let me just go back to the question that I was originally asking, if I may, please. Um, okay. Sure. Okay, ladies. So you know, you've done a lot of work here busting myths. What would you say are the top two or three things that people absolutely must think about as they're going forward in their in their decision making process?
1: Number one is to make an informed decision and to really uh, take time to understand the partner that will will you'll choose to do the implementation. So look at the quality of their firm um, from a just a, a sheer expertise standpoint and, and some of the aspects of them as, a, as an organization. Um, but I think equally important, find out you know in real life what customers have they. Um, have they actually implemented? Um, talk to them. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, definitely use Raven Intel as a way to get at those those sort of independent references um, and and feel confident that you're choosing the partner best suited for for the project. that, that would be my uh, my takeaway.
0: Okay. Any more? And
1: and I think I might I would add uh, just that being really careful about the scoping um in the at the end of the day that is uh is really important and and as we talked about price you know think about the project holistically what what is the you know the best project you can you can get for your money the best si but make sure that you're choosing them um you know sort of on a range of criteria and thinking about the, the project uh fully
0: okay well, ladies, it's been a, 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 certainly an enjoyable talk from from my point of view. I'm sure that um, a certain certain number of those SI's and a certain number of those software vendors are going to hate you. Uh, but hey, isn't that the way that uh, you know? If if you're not if you're not telling the world that they're all gorgeous, they just hate you, isn't that right? <laughs>
1: We like to
0: say ravens are tough birds, so. <laughs> uh, that's that's a brilliant place to stop. <laughs> hey, listen, Bonnie, Michelle, thank you very much indeed for your time, and uh, I wish you every success with this particular report. It's, it's bound to get plenty of attention, okay? Great. Great.
1: Thanks, thank, you. thank you so much for the conversation.